Welcome back, everybody, to the Game Shop Podcast. It is Wednesday, January 5th. We got a lot of football to talk about, but I think a congratulation is in order to our very own Matthew Johnson for winning the Dynasty League. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know people probably don't care about our Fantasy League, but Matthew, why don't you just brag a little bit? Tell us tell us about your team, um, maybe the ups and downs of the season for you. Uh, yeah, just go off. Go off a little bit. Well, it was a tough year, you know. <laughs> I take Trey Lance in the fourth round. We're in a dynasty league. Trey Lance doesn't play for, you know, 16 weeks, plays, you know, starts two weeks before that. Uh, but, you know, I take Alvin Kamara, DK Metcalf. Felt like it was a pretty good squad. Uh, lost to the only team I really lost to is Matthew Duffy, both times in regular season. Like, <laughs> my team just played horrible, you know, like 90 points, got blown out. So going into the playoffs, uh, that's kind of basically my team. I ended up trading. I drafted Brandon Ayuk to pair with uh, Trey Lance, and then Brandon Ayuk sucked. And then uh, my guy Anthony decided that he really wanted Brandon Ayuk and traded me Debo Samuel, and we we swapped like a first round pick and a third round pick. That probably won me the league, to be yeah, honest. It probably uh, did. So anyway, and Anthony probably would have won yeah. it if he didn't make that trade. Yeah. So anyway, going to the playoffs, uh, beat Anthony by like five points. And then you got to play Matthew Duffy again. Got to get over the get over the hump in the championship. And the 10 a.m. games, he has Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And I'm just miserable. I don't even watch, watch the game anymore. It's just every single play. Jamar Chase, 30 yards down the field. Touchdown, touchdown. Now I'm just like, I literally, there's 90. I know Sleeper does this all the time. It's 99% to 1%. It's like, really? Like, I, I have eight players left to go. But I'm like, it's over. It's over. Like, DK Metcalf. Hasn't caught a touchdown in like three weeks. Like I'm, I'm done. And then just miracle after miracle, just Alvin Kamara touchdown. Uh, Trey Lance to Debo Samuel, fifty yards down the field touchdown. And I'm just like, what is going on? What's <laughs> it was like a one? What was it? One ninety, one ninety two to one sixty six. But it was one within one point. And I had Najee Harris and he had Dalvin Cook and. Dalvin Cook had like 12 rushing yards. So that was kind of a lock. But. I got an alert that was <laughs> like fun, yeah. Dalvin Cook's worst game of his career wrestling. As soon as there was Sean Mannion in the freezing call, I'm like, I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a <laughs> it was a fun ride. Fun I ride. was thinking about it, Matthew. I think you're probably in the like one percent of people who won their fantasy championship without or against against Burrow and Chase. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really have, like – I forgot who the other – I'm blanking on the other players that, like, had, like, insane – You didn't weeks. have any like, guys that had insane weeks. That was the Yeah, I just had guys that had, like, really good weeks. Like, I just had a bunch of, like, 20 and 30s, and it just kind of – luckily, he had Tua. That was the big thing. Yeah. Tua, Tua, we have uh, – with the fumbles, if you fumble, it's – you know, negative three instead of negative two. And so you had like three fumbles. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, thank you. Oh, thank you um, I was talking to Cole and Anthony about this the other day. Um, sometime during maybe the next month or so, maybe after the Super Bowl, I'm going to do a state of the union address to our dynasty league and we'll do the rule changes. That's going to be one of them. And then I'll like hit a little, like, like a judge, you know, hit, is that gavel. a gavel? I'll hit a gavel and then trading will be open and that will be like the yeah so that's how we're gonna do it but it reminded me Matthew a lot about your game against Eli and CP crew last year where Matthew Johnson's in the championship 
and has Alvin Kamara on Christmas Day where he has like 60 points and Eli's sitting there like, I'm done. I, I And then I've, I think everyone on your team, Eli, just went off. Like Adams, yeah. Diggs, Allen, all of them. Yeah. Cook had was... a really good game too, I think. Cook had an okay game because I remember it was it was the Vikings versus the Saints, and I was like, if Cook and Kamara just if Cook just keeps up with Kamara, I'm in good shape, and it was not the case. Like Cook still had like I think he had like 20, which is a pretty good week, but yeah, Kamara had like 60. I was like, <laughs> I'm done, and then I just I pulled together a solid week, but um, yeah, I was thinking about that too. I can't believe Jamar Chase had like what like 55 points, almost yeah. 60 something. Yeah, it's unbelievable. All right, let's go into. Some of this week's games. Let's start with the Bengals and Chiefs, actually, since we're kind of on that topic. Uh, Bengals beat the Chiefs 34 to 31. We've talked about Jamar Chase. Um, Cole's Joe Burrow for MVP take. He was on that like three weeks ago, I, or maybe two weeks ago. Cole was like, what if like Joe Burrow should get some attention for MVP? And now he's thrown for like a thousand yards in the past two weeks. And everyone's starting to be like, hmm, maybe Joe Burrow. I don't know. My, <laughs> I wrote down a, a few things for this team are the Bengals America's team. I feel like everyone, like if you're not, if your team is not in the playoffs, how do you not root for the Bengals? Yeah. I, I don't, I can't really think of another team that I, that hadn't been in the playoffs in a really long time that are like good now that's, I would say, yeah, I think the way like Joe Burrow just is his personality. Like you just gravitate towards the guy. You're just like, like he's cocky but he's not like annoying cocky. He's just like, I respect that. Like, I just respect how much like swagger this guy has. And so, yeah, I agree with you on that. They come in against a Chiefs team who's been rolling and then to do what they did. And then, I mean, to really, for Joe Burrow, just target Jamar Chase like that and the Chiefs just could do nothing about it. I mean, I mean, I don't know what T Higgins stat line was, but I just felt like it was Jamar Chase the whole time. So, yeah, and I have like, T. Higgins just... in another league in a championship. I have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah, and, it was just, yeah. yeah, it was tough. It's like the, the Chiefs couldn't cover one guy. It's like make him throw somewhere else. But yeah, I mean they beat him fair and square. So I had Burrow and Higgins in another league, and I was against Chase, and he had more points than Burrow and Higgins combined. I'm pretty sure. Um, and Burrow threw them all. Yeah, <laughs> and Burrow threw them all. That's the crazy thing. But um, what was going to say? Oh. Um, I feel like even last season when they were bad, like everyone wanted them to do good. Like Joe Burrow coming off an incredible college season and then coming to a really bad team and trying to string something together and then tearing his ACL. It was an ACL, right? Yeah. I get ACLs and Achilles mixed up when it's like the injuries yeah, it's a while the, anyway, It's the leg. Yeah. The leg, his leg. yeah it's, they're bad yeah. injuries. He had, a, he had a bad leg injury. Um, so yeah, he tore his ACL, gets out. Everyone feels, I mean, everyone loves Joe Burrow. And so having him come back, and just sling it and then beat the Chiefs. And I'm pretty sure they won the division, right? The Bengals clinched their division. So, yeah, it was it's really great to see that. This is a question posed by, by one of our listeners. Uh, Anthony knows what I'm talking about. Um, are the Bengals overperforming or is Joe Burrow just this good? I don't they, that, that, that kind of goes together, but – and I, I heard, I think Colin Coward was talking about it. He's like, the Bengals have the worst roster in this postseason. So are, do you guys think the Bengals are overperforming or is this sustainable for this team moving forward? I think they're just hot at the right time. Like I think like when we talk about Tom Brady and some of his teams he's had and he's just like, 
they're okay during the season, but when it mattered, they got hot. And you can kind of see that with the Bengals right now. I mean, you're right. They probably don't have the most talented team. But, I mean, you got Trey Henderson on defense with Jesse Bates, with all these these pieces that are playing pretty well for the defense. And But the offense gets most of the attention because of what they've done the last two weeks. But I think the team as, as a whole is just – they're hitting stride at the right time. So if you want to call that overperforming, I mean, you can. But, um, yeah, I just think that they're they're in their groove right now. That's a little scary to think about that they they have room to they have a lot of room to improve. Yeah. Like you mentioned Hendrickson and Bates on the defense, but they definitely have pieces they can add. Their O line's not great, so if they're this good right now with room to grow, and yeah, you're right. They, they they've been streaky all year. Like remember when they were the one seed and then they lost a couple games, and we were like, all right, maybe they just peaked a little bit too early, and now all of a sudden they won the division. So it's it's weird. Yeah, they're, they're definitely peaking at the right time. I think that's a good way to, to put it. But I'm not – I don't think it's a one-year wonder, especially with Burrow and Chase and Higgins. Yeah, they have a pretty bright future ahead of them with all these young pieces. And I think for right now, like, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs just because they've shown how – I mean, they can just – they can put up points, like, without even trying. But – um but I'm just afraid that offense just doesn't have the experience and going like, um, I can't think off the top of my head, like who they might play right away, but if they play like a, like a really tough defense or like an experienced team that knows what they're doing, um, I feel like a team might be able to find a way to handle the Bengals. Um, but, but I don't know. They also, yeah, I, I'm, I haven't even decided in my head if it is, if it's more just streaky or like really hitting their stride at the right time. Um, I know those are pretty similar, but um, guess we'll yeah, find like, out I don't know. Playoffs, right? Yeah, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Um, but I'm excited. I, I think I think they can be an exciting playoff team. I think they'll whoever they play. I think they'll make it interesting. I think they got help in their division too. Like their division's not what it was supposed to be this year. And you look at their schedule. I mean, they lost to the Bears and the Jets. I mean, that's two wins that they should have as well. So, I mean, they've been a pretty good team. So. I like the way they're trending, though, versus the way that the rest of the division is. Right. Especially the Browns-Steelers. They're, those were their two playoff teams in that division last year. And, I don't know. Um, for the Chiefs, on the Chiefs' side, basically they are out of the one seed because it's it's the Titans, and the Titans play the Jaguars, correct? Or is it the Texans? They play one of them, and the Colts play the other. They play the Texans? Okay. So, Jaguars-Colts. So the, the Titans have the – have the Texans, and if they win that, the Titans have the one seed, which we'll get to the Titans in a minute because that's a story in itself. Are you guys concerned about the Chiefs not having the one seed, or are the Chiefs still, in your guys' mind, the favorites in the AFC? I'm not really concerned. I think if – I don't know. It's just hard to look at. I think they can go into Tennessee and win. I don't think – I think Arrowhead – was a nice little home field advantage for them. But, you know, we've seen in the past when, you know, Brady came to town a few years ago, that it wasn't that big of a deal. And I think as long as they have home field for the first two, if they, assuming they get the two C, which they assume they will, uh, I think they'll be, I think they'll be okay. I think they're still, the Titans, it's so hard to like evaluate the Titans. They've been so injured. You bring back Derrick Henry, like what that team is. And when they play at their peak, I think that, you know, the Titans are right there with the Chiefs. You know, I think their style matches well 
you know, being able to run the ball a lot, slow down the game, you know, with Mahomes and that offense, it's a little bit different this year, but they want to get moving, you know, let's move down the field. They want to have that 30 to 30 type game, you know, in the past, at least, you know, this year for the most part, but I don't know. I'm not really concerned about the Chiefs. I still think they're the favorite in my mind. I agree, with most of, I agree with most of that. I think they're, I think they're probably still my favorite. Um, I mean, I'm a little concerned that one guy and a quarterback was able to beat him. Like I, I just, when I think of the Chiefs, I think they're a little smarter than that. But they should let one guy be able to dismantle them like that. But I mean, their offense still put up 31 points, and I believe that their defense can figure it out and not give up 34 next time, like, like they play a team at the bank. So, yeah, they. Them only losing by three doesn't worry me too much. I feel like compared to, like, the Titans and the Bengals, um, just to name a few, I guess, since we've talked about both of them, the Chiefs have a more um, – I feel like they've with that group of guys, besides maybe their own line, but with that general group of guys, they've been able to string it together, like, multiple times. Like, they have a little bit more um, experience of being, like, a consistently good team. And so um, – there, yeah, I could definitely see a scenario if um, I could see the Titans string it together and somehow beating the Chiefs, but I still think the Chiefs, um, I still think the Chiefs are my favorite just because in order for the Titans to beat them, it would have to be like, it has to be like a crazy Derrick Henry return or something like that. But if the Chiefs just play, yeah, yeah, but like he'd, he'd have to have like a, he'd have to have like a monster game, I think. Like they'd have to rely on him. But if the Chiefs just play their normal, football I think it'll I'd probably I think the Chiefs could beat the Titans yeah I I think I'm with you guys I think I have the most confidence in them to come out of the AFC but the AFC is pretty open there's a lot of good teams I mean Bills Patriots we haven't even mentioned them uh those are two teams I could see making a run too so we'll see Uh, another team this was talked about we kind of talked about this team as a potential AFC champion candidate last week Raiders beat the Colts Colts were red hot for the past few weeks and then the Raiders just come in Brandon I was texting your brother during this game I was thinking it was like right as the Renfro touchdown and I was like what is going on <laughs> he was like dude I don't know I don't know what's going on um I mean it was it was awesome the Raiders win 23 to 20 uh my question to you guys do you sign Rich Basicchia to the head coaching contract before the game as kind of like when you run out of the tunnel against the Chargers to go win the game? Maybe, maybe to try to win the game or maybe to tie. Uh, we'll get to that later. Or do you wait until after the game to, to make him your full-time head coach? Because he's done an unbelievable job. After. <laughs> after. <laughs> Don't mess with it. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a tough situation. It really is. I mean, it's just – yeah, I mean, he's done an amazing job with what he's had. I mean, you look at this team. I mean, the amount of first-round picks they've lost just this year to legal stuff is unreal. I mean, most teams, this would dismantle them. Like, this would put them in the doghouse, and they would be struggling. But, um, yeah, they figured it out. He's done a great job. Um, but, I mean, yeah, if they truly believe that they want him, they want him to be the coach for the years to come, then, yeah, sign him. But I'd wait till after. Do you guys think flipping kind of because we'll get to the Raiders Chargers in a minute and that whole the all the playoff scenarios, but 
with the Colts. I mentioned we we literally talked, uh, Matthew and Eli and I, we talked about last week how the Colts are kind of a dark horse AFC contender. And we were like, the ceiling's a Super Bowl for this team if Wentz plays the way he did on Christmas. And But if Wentz, you know, if Wentz is Wentz, I, I don't know. Do you guys, how far do you think this team can go? Because I'm, I have gone back and forth so many times with the Colts. And I just don't know if I trust Wentz. That's that's my my hang up. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I think I think they're they're one good upset. Uh, you know, if they come in, they play like a Bengals or they play, I don't know, maybe like the Bills. A, yeah, or Patriots, something like that. I think they're they can put it together. They have the winning formula of running the ball and playing defense, and you know, not turning the ball over to you know get that done. I just don't think they haven't really shown that they're capable of playing, you know, three or four games uh, against, you know, a bunch of winning teams and coming out on top every time. They just kind of, they have one good game, two good games, and then they kind of fall off a cliff. And then we're back here again. And I think they know their identity and they know how they want to win, but then that execution every three or four games just kind of falls apart. And I don't know, I, I can't see them putting it together and getting, getting that far. I think, it's probably one in the divisional maybe if they're really lucky I mean getting one or two there winning a wild card game whatever it may be but I just can't see them winning more than two it's like like opposing defenses it's almost like it's like if you play the Colts like you play Patrick Mahomes you can stop them like for Patrick Mahomes it's like don't blitz them play everybody in coverage make him make the smaller throws it's the same thing for like against the culture like make Jonathan Taylor get those five-yard games just don't let him pop off big ones because I'd rather let Jonathan Taylor do that and make him do it all the way up and down the field than, than us blitz and he breaks off a big one. Because we know Carson Wentz isn't going to come out and blow us apart in the back end. So, like, I don't know. It's like I was looking at the stat line against the Raiders. Jonathan Taylor, 20 carries for 108 and a touchdown. For any other running back, it's like, oh, that's a great game. But for Jonathan Taylor, like, what he's been doing, it's like, okay, well, they did kind of keep him in wraps. But Carson Wentz, 148 yards passing. Like, we can live with that. Like, <laughs> like that's how you got to play him. I mean, it's just – it's whether their defense can hold a team to under 10. I mean, that's going to be the difference. Eli, any thoughts? Um, not really anything new. Just I feel like this team is almost just at the mercy of Carson Wentz. Um, just because we've seen all the other pieces. At least I feel like the rest of their team, uh, game in, game out, does what they need to do. But, you know. Jonathan Taylor can only do so much, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Like uh, sometimes it does take a player to shine for you to have a playoff run, but especially your quarterback, if you know, if you're looking for your quarterback to step up, like he needs, he needs to step up in order for you to succeed. So. Yeah. All right. We are probably, I think we've, we've, we're one of the longest we're, we're into this episode longer than almost any other podcast before talking about Antonio Brown. Um, <clears throat> so the bucks end up coming back. And beating the Jets, this was a a weird game in itself. Like, take the Antonio Brown part out of it. The Jets were winning this game for most of the game. And then they called a weird quarterback sneak on fourth and two and gave the ball back to Tom Brady. That's a makes no sense. No sense. No sense. Did you hear about that at all? I was listening to some people talking about it. Maybe it was a Jets player. I can't remember where I heard it from, but it was like a it was like an option and 
it was a like they sent Barrios, I think, in motion, and the front of the Buccaneers, like that was it was the right decision for Wilson to QB sneak it, but not for two and a half yards. Not like if, if you needed a half a yard, then it would have been the right decision. So that's just a weird plan itself. But Antonio Brown, okay, set the stage for the people. Everyone, I'm, I'm going to assume everyone has seen the clip of him walking off. But if you don't know, the reason why he was so mad is because he was, I believe it was eight catches, 55 yards, and one touchdown away from a million-dollar bonus. And he was upset that either they weren't targeting him or he wasn't getting enough playing time because he – so he thought they were, like, not giving him the ball on purpose so he wouldn't get his bonus. Um, it was a pretty large bonus. And then he just walks off the field and gets cut from the team. I guess, is it official? Because now I'm he's hearing that he's, he's not cut from the team. So he's not and cut from the team. The reason thing, like, like it was like all these people were coming out, like all the media people. And then one guy was like, well, he had an ankle injury. And then Bruce Arians told him to go in. He didn't feel like he was healthy enough. And like all these ideas were bouncing around. But I, I would side with the eight catch thing because it makes sense. But <laughs> well, someone said, doesn't uh, some there's a now there's a theory that's like Antonio Brown doesn't know there's one more week left in the season and he got this week was the last one so he was pissed because now everyone's like eight catches he can get that in two weeks no problem and one touchdown like he's been doing it all year and now everyone's like yeah he didn't know that this was the last week of the season <laughs> this isn't that'd the be last comical week. that's an AB story right there that oh, would be an AB sure. storyline. Yeah, yeah, that QB sneak yeah. is unreal. That QB sneak was unreal. I'm disappointed in Salah on that one. Yeah. Was it uh, – it was like the end of last season. I think it was Jets-Raiders. Was it the Jets that like pretty much threw a game, right? Like it was – They blitzed everybody on a oh, – Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like obviously going to be a Hail Mary play, and they, they – they had, like blitzed everyone and left someone wide open. I think it was Rugs. <laughs> it was Rugs just burnt the game. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I mean, speeding down the field. Now, okay, now without Antonio Brown, this Buccaneers team, they do not have – I guess Fournette's coming back. But, man, without Godwin and now without Brown, the weapons that Brady has, like who did he throw that touchdown to at the end? <laughs> Nobody I, knows. Nobody I have knows. no clue who that guy was. Spiral Grayson or something? I, I Yeah, I mean – you're looking at you're like it's a yeah it's Gronk you have Grayson you have Johnson Evans is playing but he's you know playing injured yeah yeah I Lev Bell is now getting touches a game like I yeah I don't know it's it's bad Ronald Jones like I don't know he's not he's not the guy like he's just there's a reason why every time Fournette comes back Ronald Jones just like disappears like he's not a 10 for 26 he's just not a guy that you want to like have as the head of your run game either like I don't yeah it's like you're counting on Tom Brady to be amazing and Bucks truthers are going to be like oh the Antonio Brown thing was a distraction like they're down by 14 when that happened that was not a (laughs) that's not an excuse I I was I was shocked about I mean of course Tom Brady comes back and and they win the game so it's not a huge deal but do not I do not have much confidence personally in this team. The Jets are also so bad. Like there's a team he was gonna do it against, it was the Jets. Right. Know? No, exactly. But 
Yeah. I mean, he's already the GOAT, but, man, if he somehow pulls it off with this squad, I mean, what, what else can we give the guy? I mean, it's unreal. I'd be. I mean, it kind of reminds oh, me of that, that Patriots team that lost to the Titans. I mm-hmm. mean, like, weapons-wise, he's pretty much like Gronk. <laughs> and then everybody <laughs> else. Edelman's on, like, one leg. Right. Um, really quickly, the Rams beat the Ravens 20 to 19. This is just, we talked about the Ravens last week and being one of the most unlucky, probably the most unlucky team this year. And it just, they, they shouldn't have been in this game, but somehow they were able to, to stay in it most of the game and then lose by one to the Rams. My question for you guys is Tyler Huntley has lost three games by a combined four points. Does he have any value for any other like a QB needy team this offseason or I think part of my take was talking about it they just the Ravens have a cemented backup who they know when Lamar goes out who Lamar is we've talked I mean Lamar's injury prone he's missed a bunch of games this season is it is that valuable too for Huntley or for the Ravens to have Huntley a guy who you know when Lamar goes out your offense doesn't just fall apart like he can go in there and be competent or do you think he has some value for a team that needs a quarterback? Yeah, I think he's more I valuable mean, to the Ravens than anybody else. Yeah, I agree. I think Harbaugh and Roman really are, are really smart. I think that it, he fits exactly what they want. And I don't really trust Huntley's talent if he went to, let's just say he went to the Giants, per se. Like, I don't think he comes in and if someone doesn't know exactly how to use him as a quarterback, I, I don't think he's really like that amazing. I think he's just in a really good situation and he fits exactly what they want to do. But I don't know if he's somebody that you take and you can plug in elsewhere. And I mean, I think he's better than, you know, some of the quarterbacks that are going to get replaced, but I don't think he's good enough to really like go make a jump and then be an immediate starter, like long-term for anybody. To your point, Jack, I think that this Ravens backup job is like a staple QB position in the NFL right now because <laughs> they had RG3 at first, and I think mm-hmm. that they thought that's what they wanted. But I think he was a little too old and a little too little, little too like slower in what they wanted, so they wouldn't draft him, Tyler Huntley. It's like, okay, this is the guy we want because we know Lamar is in a position where it's it's bound to happen. So, Yeah, no, it's super valuable. I have a, I'm going to ask you guys a question later in the mailbag that kind of relates to this, but – yeah, it's, a, it's like you said, it's an important position because it's going to happen at least probably one or two games a season. So um, next game, just as we're ready to give up on the Cardinals and just as we're ready to give, go all in on the Cowboys, the Cardinals beat the Cowboys 25 to 22. Eli, is this a bigger win for the Cardinals or a worse loss for the Cowboys? I want to say that. I didn't, I didn't really – I wasn't really able to watch much of these games. I want to say it's a worse loss for the Cowboys um, just because I think I was – I'm trying to think how to word this. I was higher on the Cowboys than I was lower on the Cardinals, if that makes sense. Yeah, I got. I guess you're saying. So I was high on the Cowboys and low on the Cardinals, but I think I was – more so on the Cowboys. So them losing to me is a bigger deal than the Cardinals winning. Um, but especially only putting up 22 points for a team that's um, 
for a team that's got a pretty electric offense, um, this was kind of surprising to me. Brandon Matthew? Uh, I would say I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I think it was a bigger win for them. And momentum-wise, I think they're falling off a cliff. I think the Cowboys are kind of a little bit content. I think they know they know they're they're in. I think they kind of, even though they're you know maybe battling for a bye yeah you know, with this game, I think that the Cardinals had to win. I think the Cowboys are in a position where, you know, obviously they they have you know reasoned the play hard in that game, but I think that they've they've kind of already had their mindset to all right, you know, we're we're in, you know, and I think it's bigger for the Cardinals. Yeah, this game was wild. I mean, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch this whole thing, but it was wild. I mean, there's just – I mean, Cowboys are just giving the ball over left and right. I mean, in that last fumble, man, we had a Cowboys fan over while we were watching it, and he's just going crazy, man. He's I bet. losing his mind. Because it's like – it's like one of those – it's that it's that iffy, like, cloud period in the NFL, like, right above two minutes where no one can look at the play if no one has any – has a timeout or a challenge. But then if it's nine seconds earlier or later, I guess, then the then the rest can review it because it's under two minutes. And it's like that that rough position for a team. And it's like, well, the rest are like, nothing we can do about it. <laughs> I think I was watching it. It might have been a bowl game. So I don't know if this is different. Somebody's going to correct me if I'm wrong. But a team, like, challenged it. And then they the play stood. Like, the refs were like, the play stands. But the team they were like, the team that challenged is not – cost a time they don't have, oh, have yeah, to give up a timeout that. yeah because they were like because the refs reviewed it and i was like what like how how so we stopped the so we stopped play there was a challenge but now the refs say that we're gonna no it's actually a booth initiated review so you guys don't lose a challenge or a timeout i don't know that's hmm. i'm pretty sure this was college matthew do you remember what game this was <sighs> No, nah, it's not my head. But so I wonder I if it's, you, I think you are referring to a college game. Yeah. So I wonder if it's different in college. But yeah, I, I man, if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be, I'd be pissed because it seems like these reviews are really objective. Just like whenever the refs feel like it was close enough that they can review yeah. it. I don't know. And it's one of those plays where you let the play go and we can review it anyway. And it's like, no, he's down, he's down, he's down. He's like, well, do you know for sure he was down? Exactly. <laughs> right. Obviously not. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it definitely hurts the Cowboys lose Gallup. Um, yeah. Just as he comes back, he he leaves. What an amazing uh, play. What a touchdown, too. Mm-hmm. What an amazing play. I think this Cowboys team is – they're not similar to the Colts at all, but they're similar in where I think they're probably just going to be able to win one playoff. I, they, they have not been able to string three good games together against good teams all season. It's just – that's – the way this team is, I guess. And it doesn't make any sense because they're, they should be better than this and they show flashes of it. Like we saw it against the football team. Like this team has potential to be the best in the league. And then they lay, a, lay an egg like this. So I don't know. To me, it just seems like, it seems like the Packers are just the only consistent team right now in the mm-hmm. NFC. And that's the only team I have confidence in. I don't know about you guys, but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Slamming the confidence here. <laughs> Brandon, Trey Lance, it looks like he's going to be – is he – is Garoppolo out for the rest of the season? No, I put money that Jimmy G starts this week. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay, let's play the hypothetical game. If yeah. Trey Lance plays the entire playoffs, if he has to be the guy, assuming you guys make the playoffs, which I'm 
You should. Um, okay. What's your confidence <laughs> level? In, what's your confidence <laughs> level with Trey Lance? Uh, confidence level not high, but I would rather lose with Trey than lose with Jimmy. If that makes sense. Um, what I've seen with Trey is the more we let him play, the more confidence he gets on the field and looks a lot better. Um, both the games we've played him, the first half he's looks nervous, looks a little timid, doesn't want to make mistakes, and then when he finally starts letting it go, he looks a lot better. And, and it's just like we play him for a game. Okay, let's sit him another couple games. And then let's play him for a game. And now we're going to go back to Jimmy G, who's got a torn labrum or a torn uh, ligament in his thumb, who's not 100%. And it's like I, like, I hope Niner fans are with me, but it's like, why would we go watch Jimmy go out there and try to play it not 100% and struggle and let Trey get big game experience and hopefully help him for the future? So that's where I'm at. But confidence do i think trey can go into lambo and win a game not a chance so you know and that's just that's where we're at this year yeah yeah uh kind of going off that i yesterday on my youtube uh uh 27 minute video it was i think it was the qb school is what it was but i went through like like 30 throws the trey made and i was like oh this is fun and it was so cool like there's so many plays where you'd have like come in kittle had like two catches you know maybe yeah, like yeah. there's so many plays where they had him go across and I'm not a football expert so me trying to describe this but like <laughs> Kittle was the first read and like Trey wouldn't hit it right away and then he would go to a second read and he would throw off his back foot 12 yards down the field and it'd be like first down and you you could just tell it was just like Shanahan's not gonna like that like there's a reason why like he loves Jimmy is like Jimmy like hits that right away and it's like that's exactly what they want but then Trey gets the 12-yard gain because he's just able to do that. And so it's just kind of this funny dynamic of like, all right, the more the, the more work he gets, like, you can see it. Like, there are so many different places where the wide receiver isn't open. He gets rid of it. And then right when he gets rid of it, the guy's open. And it's just like, that's beautiful. Like, I don't know. I think the more that he plays, the more, like, exciting it is. And I think he just needs that experience. But uh, the fact that he can, like, make the wrong read – but he's just so athletic and is poised in the pocket that you can just get out of there and, all right, Ayuk, you know, we're going to run all the way across the field as my fourth read, and I'm going to hit you, you know, like, I don't know. It was really cool. I highly recommend if you have any free time to watch that video if you're interested in Trey Lance. That was Jimmy, uh, but Jimmy hits that check down every time. And that's, right. that's, not, that's the difference. Right? <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's not looking anywhere besides right. George running a little out right there for five yards. It's <laughs> Well, but to that, but... to that point, I'm I'm glad you guys took, or I think you should be glad because I'm not a 49ers fan, but you guys should be glad you took Lance over Mac. Because there's a lot of people, especially Patriots fans, that are all googly-eyed over Mac and like, how is he not the number one pick? But it's like Mac, that's what Mac does. Is he takes that check down. So Max Jimmy. Exactly. With, no, 100 percent So you're you're not changing that position at all. And that's what if you move up to three, that's what you needed to do. Yeah. If you took him at wherever you were before 12, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, if you take, I'd, I'd have no problem with it. No, if you, you took Jimmy with less mistakes. Exactly. If you took Mac at 12, it's different, but you move up to three, you have to take a guy that's at least got the upside. So mm-hmm. I think, Oh no, it's a fine decision. Uh, all I right. Compare Col- Jimmy and Mac Jones' stats this year. I'm going to do it real quick. Yeah. Go ahead and go. Uh, I was just going to go to college football really quick. Because a lot of stuff happened in college football. So the playoff games on New Year's Eve, Bama beats Cincinnati, and Georgia kills Michigan. 
I think I said on this podcast, I would pick both underdogs against the spread. So I'm really glad I'm not a betting man <laughs> after that, because both of those did not cover. Um, Bama's O-line and running game just killed Cincinnati. It was pretty funny, too, because before the game, and it happened in the game, Cincinnati's DBs are insane. Uh, I think one of them, Huge. yeah, one of them declared for the draft, like Sauce Gardner, I Gardner, think his name yeah. is. He might be the number one corner in this draft. He might pass Stingley. Um, he's They're just really good. And then Kobe Bryant, I thought that was sick. He changed his number to eight. Yeah, that was just really cool. But, you, I mean, Alabama's O-line, it, was, it wasn't even like – Alabama's O-line isn't even good compared to Alabama O-lines in the past. They're just way bigger than Cincinnati's D-line. So they were able to just run the ball down their throat and win the game. And then I was really disappointed in Michigan. I thought that they – I thought that that game would be competitive. And it just wasn't even – I think I said I, it was like 14 nothing. I was like, it, it doesn't feel like a blowout right now. Because Michigan had that first drive where they go down the field, and I think they went for it on fourth down and barely – it like went in and out of the tight end's fingers. And you're like, dang, like they, they're, they're close. And then like two long pass – Stenson Bennett – throws a 60 yard bomb and you're like, all right. Yeah, it's over. This is, is, yeah. Yeah. This is. So now we get a Georgia Alabama rematch. Um, Not super exciting for the sport of college football to have that, but Georgia is favored by three points. I don't know. I don't know what I I think Saban must be paying them off because that's exactly what Saban wants. And I, if I were Georgia, I want to be like a seven point underdog at least. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure that they, they, everybody knows they're the underdog. And I think they, they can take on that mindset, even if the betting odds don't agree with them, but right. I don't know. Is game Monday? Sorry. Is that game Monday? Monday. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I think, I think it'll be, that'll, it's probably the two best teams, so it should be a good game to watch. I'm, I'm excited to watch it, but is it the, you know, for a casual college football fan, it's probably not the one that's going to get your attention because it's like, ah, it's the same teams every year. So mm-hmm. bowl game of the year, though, was Utah State, Ohio, or excuse me, Ohio State, Utah in the Rose Bowl. Did we all, I know we were all texting about that game when it was happening, but did I mean, what a crazy back and forth. Jackson Smith Najigba puts his name on as definitely the best receiver coming back next year. He's only a sophomore. He has what was his, what was the final stat line? I think it was 13 for 327 and three touchdowns or something like that. Yeah, 347. Yeah. Three, oh, excuse me. 347. I think my favorite part was um Herb Street was talking earlier he said he did a story on Olave Wilson and Smith and Jigba at the beginning of the year and he was talking to all three of them and he's like yeah the last thing I asked him was who's the best out of you three and Olave and Garrett Wilson who are going to be first rounders in the draft both said Smith and Jigba and you're like yeah this guy's just ridiculous he's it, it was so fun to watch that game was fun to watch in general but that guy's insane and the fact that he's a sophomore is ridiculous. Yeah, that second quarter, where you're just like, from like the seven-minute mark to the five-minute mark, it was just touchdown, touchdown. Like, you're just 
uh, I don't know, like four touchdowns in like two minutes. And it was just, this is, this is insane. Like that's, I, I honestly, I've seen maybe like one game like that in college. I think it might've been like the USC Penn state game, like four or five years ago. And that wasn't even this insane. Like it was just, it's beautiful. I, I'm not a huge like defensive battle type of uh, football watcher. Like I just, <laughs> you have that many just play, play. And just everything is just at the highest of stakes. And like having it was like 80% Utah fans there too and their energy because they've never been to a Rose Bowl before. It was just like the perfect storm. And it just made for just one of the greatest games I've ever seen. I don't know about you guys, but like, even though they lost, I thought this was a win for Utah. To be able to keep up with the team like Ohio State like that and and what they did. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they supplied one of the one of the best games I've ever seen too. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really quick with the backup quarterback. I mean, Rising yeah. gets, you know, is out for the game, the concussion. And then let's see, Barnes comes in and, uh, and he, you know, the handoff like three or four times in a row. And like, you know, Herb Street, I think was on the call or whatever. And they're just like, let the kid throw. And then just immediately after that, just, you know, like lofts it in the air, like not a high velocity throw, you know, first down. And then they just kind of, a miracle drive and there's two minutes left to go and Ohio State has the ball and you're like it good luck like yeah, it was, it was so disappointing how it day. ended like that it was so disappointing yeah, how it ended field like goal, that. yeah it, it was tough it was really tough yeah like this game's been back and forth the whole time you're like well they come up with a miracle stop and like no they just nah. throw it to Smith and but four right. times right down the field <laughs> and win the game um speaking of Herb Street he made headlines on New Year's Day. This, I think it was game day right before this. So here's the full quote. He says, I just don't understand. If you don't make it, he's talking about opt-outs, by the way. He says, if you don't make it to the playoff, how is it meaningless to play football and compete? Isn't that what we do? As football players, we compete. I don't know if expanding the playoffs is going to change anything. I think this era of football or this era of player just doesn't love football. Received a lot of hate from that. Uh, kind of a combination of he works for ESPN who televises all the bowl games. Yeah. I mean, I listened to an interview. He was on part of my take today and I listened to that before we started because I was, I was very interested. I was like, okay, he's on, on the show. And he was like, Oh, I didn't say that all players don't love. I just said some. And like, I don't know. It was a shout out to the generation of players. Exactly. And then he, he talked about, he's, he has kids who are in there. I think he said he has four kids under 21 and he was like, yeah, they just love, they love social media. They love all the other stuff and they just don't love football as much as we did when we were growing up. I don't know. It just, it seems like an old man yelling at sky at the sky. (laughs) Without a doubt. And, and I think, if he didn't make, I didn't hear everything, but if he didn't make the comment that, like, I don't think expanding their playoff will help, like, I think I completely disagree with that. I think that if, I think that, like, we talked about it, and I, I think you guys have the same mindset as this, but if you don't, like, say yours, because I'm, I'm interested. Like, bowl games don't carry as much weight to me as I see from these players. So, like, if they're just a, a regular bowl game, they're like, I don't, they're like, I feel like a lot of the guys are like, yeah, I'd rather save my body and go make the money than play this this bowl game that, in the end of the day, really doesn't mean anything. But if you expand the playoff and you really do believe your team has a shot, then I think that more kids are inclined to play the bowl game or to play the playoff and in, in, in chances of making, you know, like I feel like the playoff carries more weight than just a bowl game just because you won the bowl game. You get a reward, whatever, you know. 
yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think one thing that kind of gets forgotten, you know, is the fact that a lot of these guys, if you're, you're on a team that's bowl eligible every year, you're playing in the bowl games the first two years that you're on the team. It's not like freshmen are opting out of bowl games. Like, oh, I don't, I don't you know, I, I'm playing next year, but I'm saving myself. You know, I'm saving myself. It's not like that's happening. You know, guys, you know, I think it's cool to see, you know, guys, you know, like Smith and Jigba, like I'm going to butcher that name, uh, but come out and play, you know, and be able to get that experience, you know, as a freshman uh that's cool like I don't know it seems like you know it's old man yelling at Sky like Jack said where it's just kind of like what can we complain about next like right you should be happy that your high recruits are kind of getting that opportunity if anything like it sucks that a lot of it you know didn't play but it is well, what it is so an interesting point that Herb Street made on PMT today he was like he was saying you know the problem is going to be when like if players do what Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons do is eventually like if you're after your sophomore year, what if you're just like, I'm a like, okay, take Smith and Drigba. He might be the number one wide receiver in next year's draft right now. What's stopping him from just sitting out next year's season and just being like, I don't want to get hurt or lower my draft stock. So I'm going to just move to Arizona and train and just be like Jamar Chase. And then, I don't know. That's that was kind of his point was saying that, and I don't know. I think, look, I think, I think Jamar Chase helps that point. I mean, look no, what the guy's that's, doing. Well, that's, that's what so he's saying thing. is like that's the problem is that people are just going to keep opting out. Like, what if players just start? He he's going at it more of like I love college football, and I don't want to see like now. What if these players just opt out of college football in general? And that's well, fair. And it's like if Jamar Chase did like say he didn't pan out, and like you know all the all the training camp stuff was that he can't catch the ball because of the line, you know, all this bull crap. Um, if DeMar Chase did come out and was terrible, then I think that that whole sitting out thing would be out the door. I think right. that it wouldn't even right. be in a conversation, mm-hmm. but the fact that he's doing so well and now it's like, oh, that's a great possibility. But I do understand where he's coming from. Cause like mm-hmm. if all the best players start just sitting out cause they don't want to get hurt, then yeah, it's going to, it's going to taint college football and it's going to, it's going to not, not make it look so good. Yeah. And then you got, you got like the guys that are like third to seventh rounders, that are sitting out of bowl games. That's <laughs> that makes I'm no like, sense. bro, come <laughs> that on. Makes no like, sense. they're like, oh, I don't want to lose the money. Like, okay, now, when you get in the third, the difference between a third and seventh round pick in terms of money is nothing. And if anything, when you're a third rounder, you play in a bowl game, you pop off, or you just get more film on you. Like that should help you. I don't. That's that's my problem with it. Right. Now we have, like, when it was Fournette and McCaffrey, I think they were the first two to kind of sit out. And they were top 10 picks and everyone's like, yeah, it worked out for them. That's fine. I don't blame those players like Alave and Wilson. I don't blame them for sitting out at all. I, I probably would too. If, if we're all being honest, I I'm assuming you guys would probably do the same if you're not playing for the playoff, but it's the, it's the guys that don't, don't matter where you're just like, why, why are we sitting out? Like that's Borgie. Yeah. Stage. <laughs> that's a perfect example. Like I, I heard about that. Like, a fifth round backup running back like right <laughs> i was like come on give me a break and and one thing i was disappointed in is i saw on social media like i don't know if you said this yet so sorry but when matt corral went down i was just yeah everybody was targeting herb street about matt corral and they're like look at matt corral this is all your fault like like you can't blame herb street for that at the end of the day it's matt corral's decision if you want mm-hmm. to play or not and the dude got super lucky i heard it's only a sprained ankle like that's awesome best case scenario with what just happened but 
Like you can't blame Herb Street for making those comments and then Matt Corral making the self decision to go play because that's not Herb Street's fault. Right, no. But I was like, people, you guys are stupid. They're like, Matt Corral played because Herb Street said that he didn't want his draft <laughs> stock to be heard. I'm like, people, come on, calm down, calm down. Well, I think that's uh, Big Cat was saying to Herb Street and, and Brandon, this is kind of to your point. He's like, it really should be the player's decision and we got to respect it either way. And whatever happens, they made the decision, but they should get to make the decision and, you know, live with what, what happens. If they opt out, then they opt out. And if they play like Corral, they probably wanted to play for a reason. They didn't just, they weren't just like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll go play. Like he probably loves his teammates and he wanted to play one more time with his teammates. Like, why is that such a bad thing? Yeah. He got unlucky. I I guess lucky that it was only <laughs> sprained ankle. But... It looked bad. I mean, I thought it was right. ACL Achilles type. Me too. Just, I, mean, I the felt way so it looked bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, one more college football thing. Caleb Williams enters a transfer portal for Oklahoma. I have to say, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the transfer portal. I think it's so interesting. Just players <laughs> going, players going left and right. It is, it's, it's super entertaining. It's, I love that the coaches get upset about it. The co- these coaches who have had like, authoritarian rule over college football for years and now the players get to do it but i think caleb williams might be the most sought after transfer ever um i was looking at kind of the other guys who were up there and it was like quinn and ewers this year who was the number one recruit justin fields when he transferred from georgia um kyler murray transferred from AM. but all those guys were like number one recruits that hadn't played Caleb Williams is the number one recruit and he showed he can play. Like he has got to be going into the portal the most sought after. And everyone thinks he's going to USC to follow Lincoln Riley, but I don't know. Just comical. Oh, it would be hilarious. Well, it's also but, comical that he goes, I could go back to Oklahoma. So well, then, the right. But then Oklahoma gets a transfer, gets Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Who we saw play right. at UCF. So now he's probably not going back to Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. Cut that and burnt that bridge yeah. real quick. <laughs> right. I think it'd be funny if you went to UCLA just to spite Lincoln. Like, that would be funny. Too. I don't know. I, with the way the NILs are and, you know, pretty much like you got boosters. Like apparently I read something about AM today where I can't speak on if this is entirely true or not. There are very high rumors that they have a whole pool of donors they're basically like the coaches tell them exactly what recruit they're looking to get. And then they compile what they, what they call like living learning communities with like a million dollars are going into these things. And it's just like, all right, if you come here, like you, you know, you, this is all the different things you're going to get. And like the age of the NIL and all those, you know, you're not, you're not paying players to play, but you're like, oh, all these deals that you can get if you come here. But if, you know, if you leave, and apparently AM is doing that to like encourage, like if you leave after one year, like it's gone, like it's a multi-year thing. Like, I don't know. It's just whole, like college football is a mess, but What's it's a really them? exciting mess. Yeah. And there's nothing stopping them. So it's kind of like this car crash. Thing. I can't look away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's I just saw someone too. It was like Caleb Williams is going to South Carolina to kick out Spencer Rattler again. <laughs> that'd, be uh, that'd be so funny. All right. Any more college football things or are we 
we moving on to – I got some mailbag questions, and then we'll do our picks. I'm excited to see Quinn Ewers. That's at Texas, right? Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun one to follow. Yeah. I agree. I agree. All right, so first mailbag question. We, we did this uh, in some mailbag earlier this year. Uh, we talked about who is the most valuable player to their team. And I believe the two that we came that we were debating between, and I think we ended the conversation being like they're both just they're both one and two. And it was Lamar to the Ravens or Derrick Henry to the Titans. And after this year, I mean, we just talked about Huntley and the Ravens being like they found their guy that can, you know, not he's not the same as Lamar, but he their offense doesn't totally fall apart. Like we kind of thought the offense of the Ravens would do if Lamar goes out. And then you got the Titans who I post. So I posted this on our Instagram. I think Peter Schrager posted it or, or like on Twitter or something, but the Raven or, or the Titans in the, in the games that Derrick Henry has missed have like the same amount of rushing yards as in games that Derrick Henry played. Like it's, it's the same amount of rushing yards per attempt in the games that that are Henry stats versus non Henry running backs. So I don't know. Like that, that stat shocked me. First of all, I don't know if you guys saw that, they, but I was, they, they went and picked up his twin. So yeah, <laughs> Foreman or whatever. Foreman's yeah, rumbling, Don, rumbling for three yards to carry. So and said Dante Foreman's had since Henry's been out, he's had like one or two good games, I think, but like, He's, he's, like, usually all right, and then is it uh, – I can't remember the other guy's name, but, like, they kind of, like, split it a little bit. So, it's not it's not one guy getting, like, 200 a their, game. It's their boy McNichols. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. So, I think, I think Reed was saying something about – like, I was talking to Reed about this, and so I'm just trying to give the other point was, like, well, they have multiple guys doing this or, you know, like, whatever. And I was like, well, that's kind of the point to not pay Henry – because yeah. if you can do it with three guys on $1 million deals, then why would you pay $15 million for a running back if you can get the same production for a lot less money? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a statement to their offensive line. I, mean, I agree. If it doesn't matter who you put back there, if they can move, move the line of scrimmage, then you're going to be able to run the ball. And it's like, you know, For, Foreman's a big guy. I mean, he can carry someone a yard or two, but I mean, someone's got to make the holes. It is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's, I mean, it's, I don't really – I'm not a Tannehill believer, but, you know, him and A.J. Brown, like, what they're able to do to create those I – mean, it's unbelievable. And A.J. was out forever. I mean, what this team right. has done is unbelievable. I mean, the, the the injury problems they've had this year and what they've done, is it's really impressive. He's – he. this is a side conversation, but he's got to be coach of the year, right? They've had 80, 88 different players on this team, the Titans. Jeez. Wow. There's a lot of coaches of the year candidates. This is going to be a fun one. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor. Yeah, but so okay. My my original question: um, Who is the most valuable player to their team? Not not like MVP, but who to their team? Who is the most valuable player? Besides, let's do because you can still probably say it's Henry and or Lamar, but besides those guys, is it? like Aaron Rodgers to the Packers. I don't know that he makes a strong argument because they were so bad with Jordan Love. It was a bad um, game. It was a bad game. So that definitely helps Rodgers. I don't know. I put like Jonathan Taylor on there to the Colts. Um, one that I thought, and you probably can't make a good argument for a receiver, 
But man, Cooper Cup, I don't know where the the Rams would be without him because Stafford literally only looks at Cooper Cup 50% of the throws. It's it's unbelievable. And so you probably can't make an argument for him over a quarterback, but I'm scared to see where the Rams offense would be without Cooper Cup. We're going to see this weekend because when the Niners beat the Rams last time, we literally bracketed Cooper Cup. Like it was, he was, they had him in lockdown. If it wasn't six yards or under, he wasn't getting the ball. And back then that was, that was Odell's first game. So I don't think that rapport with Odell was there yet, but we've been kind of seeing this rapport with Odell getting stronger and stronger. So I think the Niners are going to do the same thing. I think they're going to bracket Cup this weekend, but whether or not he goes to Odell, we're going to find out if, if, if Cup is really just that whole offense. And they get Cam Akers back. So. Matthew, Eli, any thoughts on who the most valuable player to their team is? Uh, I would probably go Rodgers, probably, just based on how bad that Jordan Love Chiefs game was. But I don't know. Yeah, the things that he can do with Devontae, like, I just don't if you replace him with any other quarterback without the reporter, like their offense, he's been working with the same guys over and over again. But I think he he makes that entire team like without him on that offense. I don't know if anybody can really get that level of production out of those guys. Yeah. Right away, uh, I'd probably have to say Rogers kind of as a I don't know if I would give him as a most viable to this team candidate right away but and it's also recency bias but joe burrow where would the Bengals be without joe burrow right now yeah i he was he was a guy that came to mind for me too for sure or, I, yeah i was gonna say or jamar chase but i guess he did it last week with higgins but um but that's fairly recent so i feel like it's did you guys um right did you guys see this is kind of football nerd nerd stuff. So I know you guys like this, but I don't know if the listeners will find this as interesting. <laughs> but Rogers was on that McAfee, the McAfee show, and he was talking about the his like rapport with Devontae Adams. And he somebody like overlaid the audio with the actual game footage, and it was a maybe like a third and goal type of situation. They're on like the 10-yard line, and Devontae Adams is in the slot. And they saw like Aaron Rodgers was saying like pre-snap, he sees that they're running like a cover zero blitz. So it's man coverage and they're blitzing. And he said, Devonte Adams route was to like run to the middle of the field and kind of like check the middle linebacker and then go up, like run straight up the field to the end zone. Like that was kind of his route. And since they were blitzing, there would be no middle linebacker there. So it'd be kind of a wasted play. Right. Cause he, he wouldn't need to do anything to the middle linebacker. And he said, he was like, I just looked at Devontae and Devontae looked back at me and I knew he, like, I didn't need to audible or anything. He just changed his route to like a seam and then he angled it towards the middle of the field. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, if we would have audible or anything, then like the defense might've changed their play. So I just gave him a quick glance and I knew when he looked back at me, he knew what I was seeing. And then he just shows the play and he snaps it, looks to his right and then comes back to Devontae and throws it for a touchdown. And you're just like, unbelievable like like you said Matthew the rapport that they have is just insane yeah you talked about on on, the, on Peyton and Eli mm-hmm. too, too. That's yeah. I and I yeah that blew my mind I was just like literally look at the guy you know do a little you know head nod thing and like all right I know exactly what you want <laughs> like I mean, just years of experience without those two the Packers go from what 13 to 
five wins, six yeah. wins. I mean, it's yeah, unreal. Yeah. And it's like the more I watch them, the more I'm like, there's no way these two are splitting up. Like, and I've I've, I've been on the Aaron Rodgers leaving train this whole time, and I want to switch, and I want to say like, Rodgers figures it out, gets fifty million a year, and they franchise tag Devontae. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just like. <laughs> How I I can't imagine watching Rogers without Devontae at this point. Yeah, they'd be dumb to split up. It's, I feel like both of them would get frustrated in any situation that they'd go to without each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I I kind of wanted to just bring this up, but like, why did why did Kellen Mond not start for Minnesota? I mean, not only like Sean Mannion looked horrible, and then did you guys see Zimmer's? The post game comments. Oh were rough. my rough. gosh! Brutal. I, I see him on. every day. <laughs> yeah, what was so was... call way possible? He said that too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what was the, the full quote? Was like, why didn't Kellen Mond see the field? And he was like, I see him every day in practice. We asked about, yeah, they asked yeah. about next like, week too. They asked about next week. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So he goes. They go. Not. They go like <laughs> like uh, was was Kellen Mond in the conversation? He goes, I thought about it. And then they go, well, why do you want to get to see him on the field? And he goes, I already see him. I see him every day. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Poor guy. Brutal. I did a little research myself into, like, like beat reporters commenting on what he's been doing at practice. And I guess it's just terrible. Like, I, I guess, like, he's just, like, he's just not not getting the system or whatever. But I remember watching the preseason and talking to you guys about, it, like, he just does not look good. Like, there's just something about him that just does not look like an NFL quarterback. So, I think I think if Kalamon starts a game, it'll be if Zimmer's gone at this point. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, I was gonna wait and bring this up, maybe a different week, um, but next week we have QB stock market game and some playoff stuff to talk about. So I figured I'll bring it up this week. So yesterday, I think I told you guys a little bit about this. I went back to our over under pod at the beginning of the season, and I just shared my screen with you guys right now. Uh, I went back and looked at our picks for NFL win totals and we picked over the under Uh, Eli, unfortunately cut out halfway through the pod. So he only has a couple picks. (laughs) Um, I was wondering why that was, I did not recall. um, We are all 10 and 11 on our picks so far. There's a bunch of them that aren't that, you know, hang on the balance of this week, but um, it's kind of funny that we all that we have the same record. Uh, me and Brandon almost had the same picks on like every single team. Disrespect the Bengals. <laughs> Tough. Yeah, I, yeah. So I I wrote down our <laughs> our best takes and our worst takes. Um, worst take. First off, uh, the Browns total was nine and a half. We all took the over, and I believe I said I didn't write write down who's who quoted each of these because I didn't want to like put us all on blast. Um, but one of us said <laughs> Brown's over is the easiest over in the NFL <laughs> and the under already hit there. So that's brutal. Um, we had Matthew, I believe you said this one. Um, if the Texans win four games, they should throw a parade. So the Texans have already won four games. We need Great a parade time. in Houston. Great time, Great time. Um, party. we also, this is this was definitely my take, and I think you guys agreed. But we said this Davis Mills pick was like the worst pick in the NFL draft. It was like <laughs> the Texans are idiots, and now Davis Mills 
He's, he's competent, so exactly, yeah. which yeah. is way better than, than Calamari. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and Cloud Trask. He's played more than both yeah. of those two. Well, the Niners game, they put up 30 points two games in a row. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we were also like, if the Chiefs win less than 12 games, <laughs> Mahomes must have gotten hurt. Someone said, I think they can win 10 games with Chad Henney. Um, <laughs> a tough one there. Uh, we believed way too much in the Bears. I believe we were like the Bears or the Vikings. One of these guys, one of these teams is making the playoffs. No doubt. Um, I blame Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah. yeah Nagy, Nagy can go down for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, the NFC East and West were brutal. Uh, as I was, I, I, you know, color coded this. If we got the pick right, you know, I was in green and red and, we were doing pretty well uh, in the NFC until we got to the East and the West. <laughs> Yikes. We, so Eli, you're exempt from this because you didn't make these picks. <laughs> lucky, lucky you, Eli, you. Lucky Yeah. You. Yeah. We got I'm the entire clear. NFC East wrong. The entire <laughs> NFC East wrong. <laughs> we got Giants over seven. What is our problem? We all picked the Giants <laughs> over seven. We were like, oh, uh, their offense is going to be electric or whatever. And okay. We were I blame Cowherd. I blame well. Cowherd. Cowherd, <laughs> like, after they beat the Seahawks last year, like, Cowherd, like, Cowherd's like, before the season started, Giants are my team. Like, Giants are my team. And then halfway through, he, like, abandoned Shep, like, jumped off the Shep. Like, I, I hate this team. This team's awful. And I, I don't know. I think I let that get to my head too much. I'm kind of <laughs> punching myself in the face. I was never a big football team guy, but I put him over eight. Oh, yeah. okay. Fitzmagic, if magic plays, I don't know. They're still bad. I don't think they would have been good. But I think they would have – Heineke is so, like, vanilla. And it's just, like, he's not going to do anything he's very he's, like, stoked about. He's not even, like, vanilla bean. He's just straight vanilla. <laughs> right. We all we all <laughs> owe – Generic brand. We all owe major props to the Eagles because yeah. that's oh, the story really. of the season. I mean, it's crazy. Six and a half, we were all, like, under, under, under. I think someone said, uh, Devontae Smith, this is like the worst possible landing spot for him. I know we were all crapping on Jalen Hurts at the beginning of the year. I mean, good for them. I, I don't know how they did it, but. Number one rushing team and play defense. It's a formula. It really is. And it worked. But, I mean, yeah, props to them. I mean, they're in the playoffs. Who would have thought? So, Brandon, we took the under eight for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's tough, you know. They got I that. I took the over eight. for all of them. <laughs> Yeah, Matthew was really funny. I had to change. Said, Screw it over. <laughs> we changed our picks so much in that <laughs> NFC West. I was like, I re-highlighted and changed. There was so many stuff that we changed in the NFC West. Um, we all were over on the Seahawks. Nine and a half wasn't even close. I think I said there's no way the over doesn't hit for the Seahawks. That's a tough one. Um, Who did over on all of the NFC West? Matthew. That was Matthew. Hey. That was Matthew. <laughs> Um, and then, okay, so some of the best takes that we had, um, Steelers, we, we said they would be right around eight and a half. I believe they're at eight right now with one week to go. So good for us right there. Um, the Dolphins, we were like right around nine. We all want to push. And I think they're at nine wins right now. And they play the Patriots next week or maybe eight wins right now. So we were dead on about the Dolphins. Like if, if we, we were I mean, so spot on. They're like, the turnovers are going to go down. There's no way this team makes the playoffs. I don't know about Tua. Brandon said Jacoby Brisket is not going to be the relief pitcher that Ryan Fitzpatrick was last year. I mean, just so right about the Dolphins. So props to us there. 
Um, one of my favorite quotes, Brandon said, there's no way Bridgewater or Drew Locke start every game. And this was right around like the Aaron Rodgers thing. You know, we were all, we weren't sure if Aaron Rodgers was going to play. So that's kind of what reminded me of it when we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I put this in the best takes column because Bridgewater and Locke did start every game for the Broncos, <laughs> but they missed the playoffs. So I think we should be right about that, that if they didn't start Locke or Bridgewater every game, maybe they'd be in a better spot. Um, so I gave us, <laughs> I gave us some props on that one. Uh, we were correct that the Packers offense would be bad with Jordan Love. We were very right about the bad teams. We Jets, Jags, and Lions, we were all under on their low win totals. And we all wanted Jameis to be the starter. And we said they'd be better with Saints would be better with Jameis. So a lot of rights and wrongs. And I don't know. I just thought this would be interesting to share with our audience about how 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 we did in the preseason so i'll send that to you guys if you guys want to take a look at that but it was just it was really funny going back and listening to us talk about the the beginning of the season you know what's crazy is like we're going over that like matthew put the over for the whole nfc west you know and if the seahawks handled their business and then niners somehow found a way in i mean there was a realistic chance that all four nfc west teams could have been in this year Mm -hmm. and the eagles came out of nowhere i mean prop the eagles i'm not going to say anything about them but like, there was a realistic chance that that could have been the possibility, and that would have been unreal. Like that would have been pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, it was also one of the best, better quotes was, "We were all certain that Cam Newton was going to start the entire season for the Patriots, and that we're like, <laughs> Max bad. not going to have." <laughs> it was wow. really, funny. It was really bad. funny. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I think I think I asked like I was like, "Do like does Cam or does Mac Jones have any shot at playing?" And I think. I can't remember if it was Brandon or Matthew. He probably got so. caught like a week later. Yeah, he did. yeah exactly. He did. Yeah. Brandon or Matthew was because this was Eli was long gone from the pod at this point. But um, <laughs> Brandon or Matthew was like, I I can't see Mac taking over Cam unless Cam gets hurt or something. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this is so very bad. possibly well could have been me. I don't remember. I don't know. I was right there with you, probably. <laughs> I, I think we are all with each other. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. One more question before we get to our picks, which we're going to do live on the pod, by the way, for the second straight week. Um, we're, we're getting close to coaching change season where all these coaches get fired. What do they, they call it black Monday? I think. Yeah. Is it, I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's like the day after the regular season ends. Maybe it's the day after the Super Bowl, but I'm pretty sure it's this anyways. I, have five coaches that are on the hot seat um and i want you guys to tell me which coach you believe in the most out of these five we have matt Nagy, coach of the bears we have matt rule co- coach of the sorry what'd you say if anybody says Nagy, we're gonna have a problem okay that's the whole <laughs> conversation here we have matt rule coach of the panthers we have mike zimmer of the vikings we have vic vangio of the broncos and we have joe judge of the giants I didn't include Pete Carroll in this because I felt like that would have been the easy. Like at least he has some sort of track record. Um, we can include Pete if you guys good. want. Yeah, that's why I was like, I don't want Pete in. I don't know. I didn't feel like I felt like that was a little disrespectful to my guy. But um, yeah, which one do you guys believe in the most out of those five coaches? It's funny because all five of these guys don't have very good quarterback play. True. So, 
Um, I'll start. I'll, I'm gonna go with Joe Judge. That might be kind of a sleeper to you guys, but I'm gonna I go like Judge. And I feel like when I watch the Giants, and they have a good game plan going with with Daniel Jones, like I feel like they're not that bad because I feel like their defense is serviceable. But it's like when you throw Mike Glenn and the giraffe in there, it just doesn't work out. Like it's just the guy's not a football player. Um, and I feel like as a team, like a team morale, I feel like Joe Judge brings a good morale. But I also believe that if he had any type of offensive line, that they could get something going. Did you hear his post-game comments? I did not, but I'm sure they were great. He, Joe Judge, so that apparently they're bringing him back. Um, there are some rumors that he's just saying that to bring himself back, that he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but he was saying, I think some reporter was like trashing him or something. And he was like, I've had multiple players that have were on the Giants last year and then went to a different team and have made more money that have told me they'd rather be playing for the Giants than the team that they're on right now because they had way more wow. fun playing for the Giants. <laughs> and I think part of my take, like, looked up. They were like, who, who is this? Like, who is he talking about? And they're, like, the only player that they players that they could find that, like, changed teams and went to a winning team were, like, Colt McCoy and Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> they're like, oh, congratulations, Joe. Colt McCoy called you last night and said he had more fun on the Giants. <laughs> Kelvin's 280 pounds, but man, I'm gonna go back to the Giants. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, funny. But I I see your point. I, I I like that zag a little bit because I didn't expect Joe Judge to be the first one we'd mentioned. So I like that. Eli Matthew, uh, any thoughts? I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with Fangio. I don't know. He's a defensive guy. Defense has been not bad. I mean they they usually have one or two upsets every year. And I think he he's put together a pretty competitive team every year. And I think the quarterback play has just been so bad. And yeah, I mean he's definitely part of the blame for that. But I don't I don't know. I think that you know they want to run the ball and play defense. And you know, it's kind of it's tough when you have guys like Jerry Judy who don't really fit that mold, like wide receiver play, like being explosive, but I don't know. I think I think he would probably be my pick, but you need like an Aaron Rodgers, somebody who's really independent and just like comes in like this is my show to run because he's he's not you know historically the offense has been horrible <laughs> with them, but that would be my pick. Um, yeah, I was thinking Vic Fangio too. I don't know a whole lot about head coaches or head coaching. Um, so, yeah, I don't really have anything to back it off of other than looking at all of those teams. I feel like the Broncos have looked better as a team, and maybe that's just roster. I don't know. But Well, so I thought – like Zimmer is definitely has the best track record out of these coaches, but I'm glad no one picked him because he definitely has the best roster out of this group. And as bad as all these quarterbacks have been – like. Kirk is definitely the best quarterback out of these five groups. And it's just, that's why Zimmer's not on this list for me. Like I, he needs to have like that elite defense and he, I don't know, like you, you would think with Jefferson and cook and a competent quarterback, like Kirk, this team should be way better. Um, that's why I think I, I don't Zimmer's not on my list. I don't know who I'd pick. I, I think, I think I'd those judge the comments that he made just make no sense to me. So I, I think I would lean judge, but like, 
Fangio's <laughs> definitely second. Nagy's last to me, and I don't know what to think about Matt Rule. I, I was so high on Carolina coming into the season because I thought they were going to be able to figure some stuff out, and I don't know. They're a mess. So I wouldn't be surprised if all five of these guys are gone, though. Yeah. From their from their current spots, Zimmer's got to be gone. I hope so. Nobody nobody in that locker room believes in that team right now. Mm-hmm. He can go spend time with his supermodel girlfriend before he <laughs> dies and she leaves and, him. Yeah, go to honeymoon with his girlfriend. Yeah. All right. Uh, week eighteen picks. We have made it. It's been a long haul. This is the extra week that we've all been talking about. Um. It's weird to say week 18, but here we are. Um, only a couple only a couple games that don't matter at all. Um, the Bears, Vikings, and the football team Giants are, I believe, the only two teams that are between two non-playoff teams or two potential non-playoff teams. Is there anything I'm missing? I don't think so. At least at least every other game has one playoff team. I think. And then I believe like the the Bengals are the Bengals are sitting like Burrow sitting, he said. So that game probably won't matter. I don't know. These games are week 18 has got to be the weirdest game to pick every year or like previously week 17 because you really don't know who's going to play and everything. And then the only the only game with everyone trying is got to be actually I mean the Chargers Raiders and then probably the Niners, Rams, maybe the Eagles, Cowboys. I don't know if the Cowboys can improve their seating at all, but like the Rams and Niners are both going to try, right, Brandon? Because mm-hmm. you guys can improve. Both of teams can improve their seating. Well, Niners need to win to get in, pretty much. Because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to give Saints the option. But for the Rams, I mean, they're an interesting spot because in the past they have sat, even though they could right improve their spot, but there's they can't get the one seed. And McVeigh has shown in the past that he doesn't care what CD is as long as he's in the playoffs. So, I I mean, I think there's a world where they sit people, whether or not they want to go out and get the NFC West, that's up to them. But McVeigh is a big pro guy to sitting players. So, True. True. Um, and then, okay, so we posted this on our Instagram. I'm sure if you follow football, you've probably heard this, but the wild week 18 scenario would be, you have Sunday night football. One game gets flexed every year in the last game of the season is Sunday night. Uh, that It's like basically a, a playoff game. And this year it's Chargers Raiders, which is shocking to me that the Raiders are in this position. But Chargers Raiders, winner basically goes to playoffs. That's what everyone thought. Now, somebody did the tiebreaker thing. If the Colts, it's the Colts, correct? If, mm-hmm. if, if the Colts lose to the Jaguars, if the Colts lose to the two and 14 Jaguars, then if the Chargers and Raiders tie, both teams go to the playoff. So the the theory is if the Jaguars beat the Colts, why wouldn't both teams just kneel? 18 times is what it is. 18 times. Both times and the game's over. (laughs) Stand at midfield, shake each other's hands and kneel and both of them get in the playoffs and they don't even play each other. So they would, they'd be the six and seven seed, I think. So I don't know. That would be, and then people are like, Oh, well the Colts aren't going to lose the Jaguars. 
I saw somewhere that the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. That's comical. So there is a chance. Uh, do you guys think it, it would actually happen? Like, would it actually if, take the, if the Jaguars win, do you think the teams would purposely tie? I think the fans would probably riot. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. If I were a Chargers or Raiders fan, I would want to kneel. What's to say I, you paid you paid five hundred dollars to set club seats? Okay, that and yes. If it, maybe the, the first, fans, you're taking your family for the first time you've ever gone to a game, and then they're like, "All right." All right what if you leave. lose the game though, and you miss the playoffs? When you could have just been like, "Oh, if we would have tied, we would have been in the playoffs." Yeah, but people are selfish. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Are selfish. I think Colts fans would riot. That's where the riot would come from. <laughs> yeah, I I think if I was a Chargers or Raiders fan, I'd want to, maybe yeah maybe if I'm at the game, that's a different story. But I'd rather tie and go to the playoffs than lose. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting topic if this happens. Like oh, I'm rooting be, for the Jags this point. Yeah. Imagine the Sunday night broadcast, like Alan Chris for 60 minutes have to just be like, and uh, Trevor, or uh, Justin Herbert takes a knee. The 14th knee is taken. Oh, we have a running play. Oh, <laughs> one yard, one yard. Uh, I just think it'd be, I think it'd be I'm great. For it. Come on, something new. Me too. That'd be so funny. All right. Brandon, you have the first pick because you've already filled in your lock. I need to go look at my who's yeah, going to be my lock. Idea. My first yeah. pick uh, is the Tennessee Titans um, playing the Texans, I believe. I got to get back to this ESPN page. But uh, the reason why I picked Titans is because we talked about this earlier, but they do have a chance to get that buy. And I think uh, for Derrick Henry's health, that it would be great for the Titans to get the buy. Um, and from what I saw today, Derrick Henry was. Um, activated off the IR list today or activated from the IR today. So um, whether or not they roll them out there this week, I don't think they have to, but they're only favored by 10. And I think that they could easily handle the Texans by 10. Um, does anyone else have one or do you, I, I have one so I can go if no one else. Is no, ready. All right. Yeah, right. I, I am, know. I am taking the New Orleans Saints minus four at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, honestly props to the Falcons because they've had a similar, like they're seven and nine. I did not think this team would, they were in playoff contention until last week. So props to the Falcons because I thought they'd be way worse. Um, but the saints have something to play for and the Falcons don't. That's kind of my, my reasoning behind this is that I think the saints are, will be playing harder. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going with here. Four doesn't seem like a ton. So, yeah. You idea have one or you want me to go? Uh, I kind of do. I, I was looking at the Saints one as well. I'm not a huge fan of many of these locks. And kind of for the same reasons Jack said, is the Saints have something to play for. Um. Yeah, I guess I'll take the Saints as well. Uh, I'm going to go Green Bay, favored by four against the Lions. Aaron Rodgers wants to play to end on a high note. They kind of believe in momentum, and the Lions looked horrible <laughs> this week. I don't know. It's hard for me to even if the Packers have backups and not Good, seen them win by four. four. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's one. see. 
So they think they're going to sit, right? That's got to be. Yeah, there. that's got to be. <laughs> it's the only, only place. Yeah. Um, I'm going to grab. I'm going to go. Let's see. <sighs> what the heck? I'm going to go Seahawks. <laughs> that's my underdog. Cardinals are favored to win by six and a half. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I hate myself. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm also I'm going the Niners as my underdog. Um, I'm all in. We gotta win this game. We usually dominate the Rams. Um, so there you go. Yeah, that's a good pick. My underdog. We said we're gonna root for it, so might as well just make him my underdog. I am taking Jacksonville plus fifteen and a half <laughs> Woo, against yeah. the Colts. I pick them to cover and win. Yeah, I'm gonna parlay them too. Hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Eli, did you um, give yours? No. My underdog? I haven't given it yet, but I put it in there. Along with uh, – I'll tap into Jack's parlay if that's all going to happen. Las Vegas plus three. If they're going to tie the game, then <laughs> they're going to they're gonna tie the game. And so Las Vegas is going to cover the three points. I took them against on Sunday night because I'm the same uh, – for the Sunday night game because I'm the same way. I want them to tie, I, so – I, I never look ahead. I don't even realize I'm doubling down, but I'm doubling down. Yeah, you are. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, my over, Brandon, you picked the same over. Uh, Rams, Niners, over 44 and a half. That kind of surprised me how low that over-under was. I think this would be a high-scoring game. I agree. Niners can't cover. So I based my entire logic by Brandon just telling me every single Sunday that the Niners can't cover. So that's <laughs> all I know about the 49ers. These are factual statements. All I know about the 49ers is Debo Samuel is having this insane year mm-hmm. and the Niners can't cover. So I never know who's playing quarterback each week. I don't know who's healthy, who's not. I just know that they can't cover and Debo's really good. I'm going to go the Chargers and Raiders over 49 and a half. I don't know. Just It screams a game that if, if the Colts win and there's momentum, then it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Damn it, Matthew. I want this to be – I almost picked this for my under because if it's a tie, it's zero. So <laughs> All in. I respect it. For my over – are the are the Patriots going to be sitting a lot of people? I don't think so because I think if the Bills lose and the Patriots win, they win the division. Yeah. So okay. I'd I'd got to assume they're. I feel like this might be totally wrong. I don't know if I should say this, but I feel like Belichick doesn't usually sit players. Is that just me, or does he maybe usually? I don't know. I can't really remember. Me either. I feel like they'd they'd play this game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see that that dolphin stat that they are oh man, what is it? Hold on, hold on. Eli, give your pick. Sorry. I'll I'll have Uh, it after. I'm taking New England and Miami's over. I think it's forty. Yeah, it's just forty. Kinda low. Uh two teams that maybe don't score a whole lot of points on a regular basis, but, uh, you know, might have a slight tendency to provide an exciting game. Okay. So the stat 
that I was referring to. Oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to find this. Is it's the the dolphins? I thought part of my take tweeted this. The dolphins. Okay, the dolphins have only. They're eight and zero this season. I think it's against quarterbacks that have O in their last an O in their last name, and they're zero and eight against quarterbacks that do not have O in their last name. So, the, their wins, like they beat the or they lost to the Titans last week. Tannehill does not have an O, um, so they lose against quarterbacks that have O's in their last name. It's that's eight and zero versus Owen or Mac Jones. So they <laughs> should win this game, um, because they beat the remember they beat the Patriots in Week One against Mac Jones. So yeah, that's the stat. That's a proven fact. It is. It is. Um. All right. My under. Hi, oh, Brandon. Same under. I'm letting um, Jack do my job this week. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> under in the Bears Vikings game. I don't know how this isn't the over under isn't like 37. It's 44 and a half. So I don't. Yeah. Justin Fields is starting, by the way. Is Sean Mannion starting? Or? I don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know yet, yet. Whether he'll be back or not. Kind of what I was basing this pick on. So we'll see. Matthew, Eli, what's your unders? Oh, uh, my under is. Green Bay versus Detroit. The over-under is 44 and a half. I like that pick. Yeah, I feel like I don't really have to explain that one too, too much. I'm going to go Pittsburgh Baltimore under 41 and a half. I hate it, but I don't know. Big Ben and that offense, even if they're trying, I don't really see it going super well. And then Baltimore is just kind of up and down. I can just see it being like a 24, 21 type deal. That's probably, yeah, that's too much. But <laughs> something under that. <laughs> I don't know. That was funny. All right. Um, Matthew's the only one that has differed in the Sunday night football Hawks. Have you made your Niners pick yet, Matthew? Oh, yeah. Are you going? Uh, I'm going to go Niners. Okay. So we're all on the Niners against the Rams. Niners plus four and a half against the Rams. Uh, Matthew is on the Chargers minus three. Myself, Brandon, and Eli are on the Raiders plus three. I'm just hoping for the tie, so that's why I picked uh, the Raiders plus three. And then mm, the Seahawks, Matthew's on the Seahawks plus six and a half. Oh, so is Eli. Uh, me and Brandon are on the Cardinals minus six and a half. So I have no – will the Cardinals sit players in that game? I don't – what are they playing for? Pride. I don't see what. Could they still win if the Cardinals win? Lose and they win, yeah. Okay, so the Rams I will say Cardinals Colt, are going to be trying. If Colt McCoy plays, I'm probably switching my pick. Yeah, he does <laughs> own the Seahawks. Man, are we all the owner of the Seahawks? Do I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We don't give out fantasy picks anymore. Also, it's the end of the. <laughs> yeah, I'll retire at nine and twenty. <laughs> Looking at oh. our our playoff cross-off game, we I don't think I don't know if everyone's done it. A while I think the only team I'm gonna I think the only team I missed is Philly Sorry. and then possibly the Raiders. Oh same. Because if the Raiders uh if the Raiders win they're in I guess so I think I have too, I think I have too many teams. 
Wait, we should have 17 now, right? Yeah, because yeah, how many? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody makes the playoff. <laughs> we should have 18. What? We, we should have 18. 18. Are the Ravens gonna make the playoffs? Right? The Ravens have a slim chance, I think. But oh, so Philly's gonna be the, the bad one. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go and Saints. Then I'm gonna... Yeah. Saints I... still have a chance too, right? Yes. It's I think the Ravens. I'm gonna take and the they win. So is it 18 we need? Yeah, I think it's one 18, per week. Yeah. And then okay. I think I have 18. Okay. All right. That's all I got. We'll be we'll be in person next week. That'll be nice. I got a fun um, game for you guys real quick. Oh, yes. Because when I looked this up earlier, I was really interested. Between the Mac Jones and Jimmy G stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're directly similar. I mean, it's kind of crazy. They both have around 3,500 yards. Mac has 21 touchdowns with 12 interceptions. Jimmy G has 19 touchdowns with 10 interceptions. So, very similar. Uh, but comparing this to uh, Tua Tagovailoa, if you guys had to guess how many yards Tua Tagovailoa has in the year, take your guess. Mac Jones and Jimmy G have around thirty-five hundred. Have they all? What? What? How many games have they all played? Is it... Um, I don't have that don't listed have that. here, but I know it's similar between Mac yeah. Jones and Jimmy G. Tua, they all have around the same attempt, kind of. But okay, that that's all that matters, I guess. Yeah. Just take just take your guess though. Tua Tagovailoa, how many yards? She said they have thirty-five. They have 3,500, yep. 32. 25. What was yours, Eli? That's a 25. Okay. Matt, 31. He has 2,544 yards passing. Good guess, Eli. Good job, Eli. Thank How you. many touchdowns? Thank you. 20. No way he has 2,500. 2, oh, my That's 1,000 less yards than Jimmy G and Mac Jones. How many touchdowns? The projectile vomit. Um... Wait, how many touchdowns did Jimmy G and they each have? 19 like, for Jimmy like G, 19, 21 for Mac 20. Jones. 17. 13. 15. <laughs> 15 on the dot. Damn. 15 touchdowns. How, how many, many interceptions? Uh, how many interceptions? Yeah. Jimmy G has 10, 12. Mac Jones has 12. Is he also, Eight. I'm going to say 11. Nine. Eight, 11, nine. He's got 10. You guys are all around it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've been going around like, yeah, two has been serviceable. He's been good. Twenty five hundred yards passing. The dude's done nothing. <laughs> he's been he's been hopping in the backpack, letting everyone else carry him around. Yeah, I like how it's been the same thing. I I skipped this mailbag question, so I'm glad we kind of circled back to it naturally. How you have to move on from him, right? I mean, it's the same thing two seasons in a row. You miss the playoffs mm-hmm. by one game. Waddle's twelve yards away from breaking a thousand. So. Roughly around a thousand of his twenty five hundred yards are to Waddle. He's been so yeah, so, Waddle's been so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he has a lot of receptions. Uh, I mean, like you just said, he's 99. almost a thousand. Yeah. yeah, but he's got ninety nine, which is crazy. And I know, I know, Jamar Chase is kind of an ex- extreme example, but Jamar Chase has like fifteen hundred receiving yards on seventy nine receptions. Waddle has twenty more receptions than he does. <laughs> and, he and catches like a, the ball and, within and, five yards. <laughs> yeah, and like a fraction of the touchdowns too. He only has, Waddle only has five touchdowns. Did you see um, oh. Big Ben had – I think it was the first time some a quarterback won the game with more than 40 attempts and less than 150 yards. It was like less than three yards an attempt was oh, – <laughs> so 
Yeah, that here's, was horrible. Here's games played. Two has played 13, 12 now. Brissette's played 11. <laughs> it's a two QB system. Wow. Weird. Wow. Who would you rather have, Tua or Davis Mills? Right now. How good is my team? Yeah. Do I have the, Texans, the Texans or do I have the Dolphins? You get to pick which one. <laughs> do I have the Texans or the Dolphins? You said Texans? <laughs> yeah, Texans. Davis Mills. Uh, I... I feel like Tua maybe has I I don't know why I think this, but I think he has a higher ceiling. I, <laughs> I don't know yeah. why I think I don't that. know. Davis don't, Mills was the number one recruit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you lose either either one you pick, you lose. Was he really was Davis Mills really a number a... wow? I think it was the number Stanford. one. Number one pocket passer in the nation. <laughs> no, he was the number one dual oh. threat. <laughs> <laughs> Over That's Spencer Rattler and Justin Fields. <laughs> um, all right. That's all I have. Yeah, that's all I got to Rock the house. Hey, no, playoffs next off. week. Playoffs next week. Yeah. Oh, baby. <sighs> Oh, 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 oh,